We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fires downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Wow. Takes it all the way. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor. Touchdown. Pass is caught. Touchdown. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. And as always, joined by Sean Siegel. And Sean, we had a lot of fun shows this week. We talked about structure earlier this week on the Tuesday show. We did a zero RB preview kind of show on the Thursday show. And today we are going to do a best ball mania draft because we're getting lots of positive feedback around the drafts. People want to hear our thoughts on players. And sometimes Sean doing these drafts is the best way to get us basically drafting a team, talking for 50 minutes, telling you about all the players and our thoughts on them. So these shows, I find uh, we're getting great feedback and they're proven to be quite valuable to everyone listening in to the Rotobiz community. So we do thank you for that continued feedback and support. This will also be published as a video over on the Rotobiz YouTube channel. They always go up earlier as podcasts on the podcast feed. So don't miss out on all the good podcast stuff. That is the plant, everything goes up as a podcast before it goes up as a video on the Road of His YouTube channel. Well, please head on over and click the subscribe button. We're really closing in on that 1,000. We're about 30 subscribers away. We would like to hit that over the next week or so. But Sean, Best Ball Mania 3, we are drafting over at underdogfantasy.com. We have drawn that elusive late round slot. It is the 111. I'm excited. This is the latest spot I've got this year. Don't let Ben hear me saying that, Sean. Uh, I'm excited to get the 111. Ben's really hoping that he gets one of those early draft slots. He hasn't had uh, many of those over the last uh, 12 months, but we are drafting there. I think this should be should be a really fun draft. It should, and we'll see who lasts to the 111 for us. As you mentioned, it's been fun to do these drafts, and not only are the live drafts good for the listeners and getting a sense of how we feel about the players, but they're great for developing our rankings as well. Sometimes you'll rank the players, and then when you're actually on the clock, you realize, no, that's not the direction that I want to go. You go in, tweak your rankings a little bit. So we love doing these. It's been a pretty consistent part of the show as of late. I'm in three slow drafts currently, a couple with Michael Dubner and Connor O'Driscoll in the underdog format. We'll have some content on those leagues on the site and obviously the two of them uh, i consider them to be two of the best minds 
in the format in the entire industry. So uh, it's been great to to draft with you. It's great to draft with them. And Colm, let's get into it. Where are you feeling? It feels like potentially we could be lining up here for a, a pretty pure zero RB build from from this 111 spot. We might, but we do see some situations here. I mean, we're going to be outside those elite wide receivers as well, which can sometimes be a little bit frustrating. These picks down at the end as Ben Gretsch, my co-host on Celia Bananas, does all too well. Those late picks can be a little bit more challenging, but it should be a lot of fun. I think that, you know, looking at the possibility, if you were to have a Travis Kelsey and he goes at the 1-8, if you were to have a Najee Harris, you'd have to consider that. Colin, Najee Harris versus Devontae Adams here. Quite possible one of those guys will be picked at the 110. What will be your preference? This is also an opportunity to build with that anchor running back build that we know works so well in underdog and start with Harris. Hope that he's a little bit more efficient this season and then go pretty heavy wide receiver after that. And we are in a situation where if we were to go wide receiver, wide receiver would probably be CeeDee Lamb, Debo Samuel. Yeah, it's up to you if you want to go Harris. We only have a couple of seconds as we are on the clock. I would lean towards Lamb at this point. But if you want to go Harris and go anchor running back, I'm happy to go that way as well. Sean does overrule me there at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I I already have so much Debo Samuel, and I've gotten him really late in the second round. So to start with him early in the second round was a little bit less appealing. I'm also not so high on Mike Evans that I would feel like we have to get him here. Again, he's someone who's come all the way to the end of the second round. Now, CeeDee Lamb does go at the 112. So probably should have gone ahead and grabbed him in the first round. But Colin, I mean, taking Lamb in the first round is something of a leap as well, right? Yep. He he just didn't, he frankly didn't score very much down the stretch last season. Now, we know that a lot of their offseason has been built around making him the alpha receiver, making sure they funnel more targets to him, run him in routes that are going to be more effective for getting him open. But missing him at the 111, that, that's not the end of the world by any means. Now, Lamb and Swift go. We're back up. We have 15 seconds. Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, interest you at all? We also have Mark Andrews here if we wanted to get an elite tight end. Debo would have been the guy I would have went for there. I know you mentioned you had a lot of them, but I think I would prefer him over that running back, running back start that you mentioned with Dalvin Cook. I have a lot of concerns around what's going to happen with Kamara. Um, he may be free to play the whole season, but at this point I'm just knocking it down a peg or two with that. Dalvin Cook, I think maybe is beyond the peak um, from what we've seen of him you know, two seasons ago. DeAndre Swift may have been interesting if he had lasted, but ideally at that point at the 111, I'd have been hoping to get one of those top end receivers down as far as Adams. You mentioned CD Lamb, you know, that was part of the conversation there. It's quite aggressive to take him at the 111, but I'll probably find myself taking him over Harris and a number of situations there. It's just when you get to that point, there's not as many options. The 109, I think, is the, the sweet spot there. And we see the draft right of the 109 get Stefan Diggs and Mike Evans to start off the draft. And I think that's a, a really interesting start there. Seeing a lot of running backs going off the board through round two as Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Nick, Nick Chubb, Alvin Kamara, and Aaron Jones go off the board all in a row there at that point. And now T. Higgins, a, a nice start there from the, the drafter in, in spot one with Cooper Cup and T. Higgins to start off there. But Sean, I went lean towards samuel would he be your pick there and we touched on lamb and samuel at the 111 is is it 
a ranking there for you of Lamb and then Samuel, and are, are they pretty close together for you? They were pretty close, and I think that Samuel even is the likely player to score more points. But I think that because there are some concerns there, obviously we know about the long touchdowns. We know how they use him. I strongly believe that once he moves back to being a little bit more of a full-time wide receiver, that the routes, the targets, the receiving yards that he lost in order to be a running back. Now, granted, the running back element of it was fluky, although I think you would have to say that if he were a starting running back in the NFL, he would be one of the top three or four guys, and he's going to break some long runs. So even though you're not going to score a bunch of 25-yard touchdowns, he would be one of the NFL's very best running backs. They get him back into this situation where he's more of a receiver and completely takes over next year. The problem then is that you also have risk in terms of Trey Lance. They have two other likely elite targets. I mean, this offense can score a ton of points and yet still be a little bit tricky for the individual guys. And so I think that you have to bet on the talent at that point. He's already addressed and established the scoring level that you would need out of that draft slot but if you can get him a lot later and uh, i'm getting him in the you know the 207 208 210 211 then at some point these risks do kind of factor in and you don't want to have him exclusively on all of your rosters but i do like him there and given the other options it is one of the tricky things about drafting out of the 111 i mean you have a very large tier break from the middle of the first round to the end of the first round then you got to figure out how to deal with that. I think dealing with it by having a running back who could lead the NFL in expected points and having a wide receiver who is probably one of the top two or three wide receivers in the NFL, that's about the best way you can address it. So I like what we did there. Colin, we're coming screaming back toward our pick in the second round. I mean, in the third round, some of the guys we have coming off the board here, Keenan Allen, Josh Allen, Kyle Pitts, A.J. Brown, Leonard Fournette, James Conner, Jalen Waddell, Patrick Mahomes in the third. <laughs> I've had a shot at him in the fifth a couple times recently, which is kind of crazy. Uh, Saquon Barkley, man, if he had made it just a couple more picks. It yeah, he was the one I thought was interesting. Yeah, so we have 25 seconds. Marquise Brown, the top player here in terms of ADP. Darren Waller would be an interesting pick column. Make sure we get that elite tight end. Well, let, let's let's go Waller. I think that'll be a fun pick for for what we've started off here. Um, I haven't drafted Darren Waller very many times this offseason, so I think we'll add him in. Um, I, I think that that's um, an interesting start. Obviously, if we don't get Waller there, our, our target really is going to be in the next round. So we would have had an option at Kelsey or Hawkinson. But I think realistically, if we pass on Waller and and, and Kettle in this range, then that means that we're not getting to the the fifth round with an option really i think at, at the tight end position so i think that was one to go with the other players that i would have been interested in was deontay johnson who just goes off the board but um there's a couple of wide receivers here deontay johnson being the one that i was going to look at then you mentioned marquise brown uh dj moore who's one of our favorite guys in the past not a great situation for him who are you looking at here sean is, is one of them wide receivers sticking out to you well the frustrating thing is that Brees hall went one pick before our spot and it would have been impossible to pass on him at the in the fourth round at the 402 and so that part of it is a little bit disappointing we do get in that situation where as you mentioned dj moore and mike williams are probably our best bets once deontay johnson goes off and 
we run a little bit low on the clock there. Obviously, one of the very fun things about underdogs is that you have to make these picks quickly. Column, I went with Mike Williams because he is arguably the rising receiver in this Chargers offense. Keenan Allen losing a little bit last year. And one of the things with that is not that he was bad or that he's not a good pick this year, but there's at least that scenario in which he falls a little bit more. And they look at what they did last season. Mike Williams was such a monster over the first, especially third. And then he gets sort of those nagging injuries that he's had some trouble with. He's used more as a decoy. They get back to him down the stretch and the offense is much more dynamic. They don't really have a lot of other guys and they have one of the NFL's very best quarterbacks. And so when you're looking at how that could break down, the one thing that Mike Williams has really struggled to do in his NFL career is get to the volume level that his playmaking, the potential for touchdowns, the potential for long plays, just needs that volume to kind of round out that profile, right? To make sure that you have a little bit of a floor and that even in those games where he's scoring touchdowns, where he's making the big plays, that instead of those being the only plays that he can fill them out with the other, you know, three or four catches for 30 or 40 yards, that really makes it a gigantic day. I think that we could see that in 2022. It's probably not the most likely scenario, but at that point, you're getting an okay price on the various ways that their offense could play out. They're looking for Josh Palmer to take a little bit of a step forward. We like Gerald Everett as being someone who seems pretty crazily undervalued late in drafts. Although again, I mean, Everett's somebody who's played for a long time in the NFL has never had a 500 yard season or a five touchdown season. I think that he hits that this year, but it's not like Williams is dealing with an offense where they really have even options to take volume away from him. So from that perspective, I think you've got to be encouraged about how it could play out again we were in a little bit of a dead zone with that pick as well in terms of where we saw the value you know the draft here hasn't gone perfectly but through four rounds we have an anchor running back we got two wide receivers we like we have the tight end position addressed with a player who you know you talk about darren waller and i think that there are some concerns with Devonte adams going there but i see this as the really strong potential for this to be a tyree kill travis kelsey dynamic helps both guys they score a lot of points i like that for our foundation and column i think this draft is going to get better as we go along yeah i hope well let's hope so but you mentioned darren waller i think that the situation there is like being a packers fan i know how defenses just cannot cover Devonte adams in the red zone and you know it's very very hard to cover darren waller and, and now there's gonna be a real stress on those and even more so than the dynamic with the chiefs because i think adams and the red zone is a better wide receiver than you know a red zone target than hell was so I, i'm really excited about that darn waller pick that we we took there we have a little bit of a run here on wide receivers since we last picked marquise brown michael pittman dj moore dk metcalf then we have two quarterbacks and justin herbert lamar jackson terry mclaurin amari cooper gabriel davis chris godwin jerry judy a lot of wide receivers going off the board number of interesting uh, players in there that uh, spoiler for an upcoming show that for the best ball series that myself and Zachary Kruger are doing. There's a couple of wide receivers in there that I think are being quite overdrafted in this range. And we'll, we'll save that for another uh, day when we're discussing those players that have, have just gone. But two of the guys I really do like in Travis Eaton and JK Dobbins go, we're about five picks away, Sean, at this point. And um, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what players start to start to arrive at us at, at some of these picks at the back ends off rounds. Um, looking forward to seeing how this really starts to play out now because i think we have a, a very solid start and uh Corton sutton does go there he was somebody i was hoping may be in the mix for us at the, the back end of this round 
So, Colin, the players I currently have at the top of the queue would be Juju Smith-Schuster, Rashad Bateman, Elijah Moore, Drake London. The top players available are Ezekiel Elliott and David Montgomery, but they probably appeal to me a little bit less. A couple of the guys that we do like there at running back and J.K. Dobbins and Travis Etienne are gone. What are you thinking here as we're one pick away? I'm just waiting to see that another player that I think has been overdrafted and Alan Robinson goes off the board. I, I'm big into Elijah Mitchell and Drake London. Um, I've n- no real ill feelings against Bateman other than wasn't a huge amount that we've seen in his rookie season, but he should really you know, get an upgrade with uh, Marquise Brown no longer being there. What are your thoughts on him? Is he at the top of your queue as, as we are now on the clock? He is. He was such a good prospect and flashed a little bit last year and a rookie that really was spoiled by injuries and so now that he is the guy i think that lamar jackson is going to come back have feel like he's got something to prove so some of his backups moved the ball now they committed some turnovers that cost them games and it didn't work out for the baltimore Ravens last year as they finish the season losing almost all of their games down the stretch but that offense with jackson can be very dynamic you have a couple of the young guys there who I think are going to take more of the workload than their price indicates in Dobbins and Bateman. I think you've got to be all over them in an offense that should have put up a lot of points as it has for the last several years. Yeah. And then the, well, I was going to say, hopefully one of these other guys gets back this trail and Burks goes with that next pick. I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do this season as a, as a rookie, but Elijah Moore, somebody we really liked last year, you mentioned Bateman flashing a little bit. It, it was a little bit, but, he was an excellent prospect coming in. And I think that's what made this season, you know, feel that a little bit more disappointing. But um, I, I do think we're looking at second year here with him being the wide receiver one in that offense. But I do think now when we look at this pick, Elijah Moore, who had a, a real strong middle to the season, would be my candidate here, unless you have somebody else that you prefer strong. Yeah, let's go ahead and take Moore. I don't have a ton of him so far in redraft, and we have him in Dynasty a lot of places, obviously. You have the situation now with Garrett Wilson going in there and potentially creating a little bit of a target log jam. But Moore was so good as a prospect, then the dynamism that he displayed, the ability to get open underneath, but also go long. When you have that mix, I mean, Moore is one of these guys where we're looking at the potential for a Marvin Harrison type of career. And he did that within the context of an offense that was really struggling quarterbacks who couldn't get the job done. Now that could still be the case this year with Zach Wilson. He needs to take a big step forward, but at that price, I think that you have to like Elijah Moore. We talk all the time about these second year wide receivers and early on in the off season, they were quite expensive and it made it difficult to get them. Then you have all this rookie enthusiasm. A couple of the guys who maybe looked like they were potential second year breakout candidates were hit a little bit the ADPs even out. Now you have a little bit better prices on those guys and we can go back to really loading up. It's not that we're going to hit every time, but you need to sprinkle these guys into your portfolio. There's a lot of room for them to run, even at these prices. To have a turn there with Bateman and Elijah Moore, I think is very exciting. That gets us right back where we want to be with this build. And now we have the one running back, the four wide receivers, the elite tight end. This is really the perfect structure that we talk about for underdog and also actually the perfect structure for some other best ball formats column you and i just did a show about structure how to stay in what to do if you get out what some of the best structures are to win with i like where we are here 
Yeah, really like where we are here. And I'm going to hold my hands up when I mentioned that pick earlier when we did take Waller with the tight end that when it would wrap around, we wouldn't have the option to get uh, TJ Hawkinson. Sean, you you have a lot of TJ Hawkinson like I do this season, but Hawkinson did last uh, all the way till we made that next pick. So interesting to see. I'm just going to check in on you now, Sean, with that in mind. We did take um, Darren Waller one pick ahead of Deontay Johnson with that pick on a 1v1 would you prefer to have Bateman uh, and Waller or Johnson and TJ Hawkinson probably Johnson and Hawkinson but the flip side of it is that those guys' prices are so fantastic that my exposure level to them is going to be extremely high one of the things that I have said we like TJ Hawkinson I think that some of the concerns are a little bit overstated He's a player who could break out to the next level in an offense that is going to be much more dynamic this next season. One of the things he was dealing with last year was triple teams, right? And so when you look at the efficiency level and compare that to some of the other tight ends, I mean, you're not going to have the efficiency level that you need when you're facing triple teams. Then after he gets hurt, Amon Ross St. Brown breaks out. They add DJ Chark. They add Jamison Williams. Now, does that add some target competition? It definitely does. At the same time, we know that they're talking about Chark as someone who is going to be able to play all over the field. He mentioned one of the reasons why he signed with Detroit is he wanted to stop running just pure clear-out routes for the rest of his teammates. He wanted to be involved in the offense himself. There's a possibility of that, but we also have to look at both Amon Ra's late-season breakout, Chark's big season in the past, and say, okay, optimistically, those things could happen and make them elite Williams could play earlier than people are saying that would be another little uh, drag on the potential workload for Hawkinson but big picture I mean there are still a lot of question marks with these guys and I think the thing that we can most count on is it's going to be harder to just gear up the defense every week to stop him and so I think that however it kind of boils out unless all three of those guys turn out to be awesome right away I think you've got to like and the thing here is that Hawkinson's price and underdog just makes it a very easy type of selection so we have that going for him i've mentioned that if you want a lot of hawkinson and you're playing across formats probably take him here because the prices are very good colin we've wrapped back around we are one pick away the top players on the board aj dillon clyde edwards alaire cordero patterson kenneth walker some qbs here and tom brady and dak prescott what position are you looking to go to we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I'd probably look here maybe to take Dak Prescott um, as a as a quarterback. Um, I think that then we can start to look at getting two guys in the window, but there's a lot of interest in running back options that could fit back in here to us. You listed out a number of those names. We did a show this week, which we give some of the kind of potential early zero RB candidates for this season. And there's a couple of names there that are very interesting, but there's a number of those names then that I think, you know, in the eighth, ninth round, um, I think that really fit the mold here for what we're trying to to do um are you looking to go running back potentially with this next pick or you know if brady slips here one more pick are we are we interested in doubling up at the quarterback position here brady would be a potential it would also be interesting to try and let trey lance drop since we have debo and get back around to him the top wide receivers, which I think would be another way to play it, would be guys like a Hunter Henro, Hunter Renfro, Christian Kirk, Russell Gage, Chris Olave. So it's not really a strong area for wide receiver. It's not a strong area for tight end. The running backs, it's kind of a, a shot that we want to take CEH. Again, every other position here other than the quarterback is very weak. So we better go ahead and take Tom Brady. You want to take the values when they do fall to you being able to grab prescott and brady as you mentioned that allows us to get those two qbs in the window and it can be just so tempting to to wait be patient see who falls to you you know try and make a play out of a marcus Mariota. obviously ben and i did that in the super flex draft that we did recently you're really swimming against the tide when you do that and so from that perspective i like what we've done here again we've got such a great foundation with this team we have a lot of flexibility as we go into our last 10 picks we can really go in any direction we want we're free to take the values as they fall to us throughout the rest of the draft that element here it can't be overstated right so to have those two running two those two quarterbacks in round seven and round eight really the perfect mix with what else we have going yeah, I think it gets really flat there, you know, unless somebody like a Sky Moore, for example, would have got to us, or even Brandon Ayer could have been interested in, in both of those guys. But um, when they don't fall, it gets quite flat. And um, I think that when it comes back, hopefully here in the ninth and tenth round, there's going to be some nice options. I think this becomes a real fun part off the draft. You mentioned potentially as well waiting on Trey Lance. He did go off the board on the next pick, so um i i'm liking that tom brady pick even more at this point we could uh, take trey lance over tom brady we have drafted lance a number of times already 
uh, in our drafts you know, this best ball season i guess we'll say but um still uncertainty around him and san or san francisco but it feels more and more with what's coming out that um jimmy garoppolo won't be there come week one so um should be wheels up for trey lance this season as well so i, I think um it gives us a lot of flexibility and as i mentioned there are a lot of um a lot of interest in wide receivers and running backs that i think will come and guys like you mentioned like even the likes of you know hunter renfro i think around later is fine i think you know taking him there in the seventh round could have been is, is a bit of a reach and one of the fun things this does for us now is that it sets us up very nicely to attack this zero rb stretch that we covered in our last show so that part of it i love we have the one running back at this point in harris He's someone that we have a little bit of skepticism on the talent. And when we say talent, I mean, it, it's more a running style to where he's got this elite size athleticism combination. And yet you go back to Alabama and he struggled to create the long runs. And those big plays are necessary to, uh, you know, like we were talking about with Mike Williams, that part of it is necessary to round out the profile a little bit. We have the situation going into 2022. They have the rookie quarterback. You can guess that they're going to lean on Harris but it can be difficult for those rookie quarterbacks to create that value in the running or in the receiving game for the running back and so from that perspective you know again we're we're you think back to what happened last year with Zach Wilson and how whenever he was out his backups would pepper the running backs with targets from like I mean these Jets runners have just an insane number of high value touches Wilson goes back in and really just it's a scattershot nothing works type of offense hopefully that won't be the case with Pickett there but we do have a little bit of risk there are multiple types of risk with Harris but when you're talking about that potential workload if he takes the next step you know if he's more Le'Veon Bell than Trent Richardson then having a little bit of exposure to him when you're in that area of the draft where you have a round one pick but you're not going to get a round one value and so you can't just quit you got to figure out a way to work around that then we add all the wide receivers. We love that element, the QBs in the window, the elite tight end. Now we're back to having our shot at these zero RB guys. And we're five picks away column. In our queue, we have Devin Singletary, James Cook, Chase Edmonds, Melvin Gordon. Those guys that we talked about a little bit below that, we would have Kadarius, Tony, and Tyler Boyd if we want to feather in some more wide receivers. Who are you hoping lasts to us here? I'm hoping the Singletary lasts out of these next three picks, but I'd be very happy, um, you know, with a number of the names on that list. We did talk about that on Thursday's podcast, so if you haven't heard that one, make sure you do check that out as we check who could potentially be this year's kind of version of James Conner. But Russell Gage goes off the board, Robert Woods goes off the board, and we are on the clock as MBS went off the board, and we have our option here of anyone that you mentioned there, Sean, on that list. For me, it is devin singletary when that option picks up and, and that's who you went with was there any temptation to to go a different direction i think when you get to the names that you've listed after that it's a little bit closer but for me singletary really stands out on that list he does i mean he's the starter and so when you look at what he did when you look at his scoring upside there with the bills we talked about on the show he has all of those touchdowns at the end of the season he'd have virtually zero touchdowns before that point I think they're going to lean into him a little bit more for that part of the high value touches next season. Now he may lose some of the receiving work to cook. You have a little bit of that balance, but 
the way that they've described what they want with Cook, that's not necessarily a player who's going to go in and take away. I mean, you think about how dynamic the offense was once they actually did commit to Singletary a little bit. That price there, it, it seems very favorable is what I'll say. Now, that doesn't mean that it could not work out. I mean, there's a scenario here where Cook goes out, destroys the league, and he's the one that you wanted. But I like the prices on both of these guys. I don't necessarily want them on the same team, though, Colin. And one of the things that does happen, we lose Ronald Jones in the interim there so he's not a guy that we can take melvin gordon or chase edmonds with this pick let's go garden i think uh when we did the show on thursday and we talked through the case for garden i think um i was you know i was really buoyed by the the conversation in terms of how that offense can look i'm kind of whatever pieces i can get at the appropriate prices off the denver broncos offense i'm, I'm going to be picking them up you know if it's judy if it's sutton if it's albert okubu and i'm you know Javante Williams, whoever it is, I, I think they're all, you know, if you get them at the the right the right price, I think they're all pieces to add to that roster. So um yeah, I, I'm happy to go there. And it was a shame that we didn't get Ronald Jones, but I, I think maybe the smart play there is even if Jones is there is to still still go garden over him. If we had a not got Singletary in that last round, let's say Singletary goes five picks ahead of us, we take Ronald Jones at that point or Melvin Garden. Are we taking cook with that pick as the wraparound happened i believe so i I think that this backfield and the scenarios that are going to play out in favor of both of them are very much skewed in the favor of singletary but the highest upside outcome would go to cook to where if he comes in there and does win most of the work if he's dynamic in space obviously that bill's offense is going to give a lot of space and he's going to have this potential receiving upside and to where, I mean, he could get to where he has almost all of the high value touches. It's probably unlikely with how, uh, you know, it could be a little bit fluky, but how relatively poorly Singletary actually played in the receiving game last year. Now Singletary does have the type of profile where, you know, he makes guys miss that. I mean, you would like to think that a lot of these shorter passes, he gets the ball in his hands and he goes that he actually has elite receiving upside as well. But the main thing here is that they draft a guy in the second round and he looks fantastic. He can do the receiving. He pushes Singletary aside. I think he could get even more of the workload in the best case scenario. And you have to take him there if you want to have exposure to that element regardless. So even though Singletary is priced better for what he likely offers, I think we want to spread that out across almost all of our leagues. Make sure we get one of them almost every time, right? So now we keep moving along here, column, and we're going to be in the vicinity to start talking about a tight end too. We still need some more running backs. We only have the four early wide receivers. Really any position but quarterback is going to be viable when we wrap around to our next selections. Yeah, and just out of interest, as you are running the queue here, and we're sharing the screen, obviously, for people to see if they're watching along on YouTube, who have we sitting at the top of the queue at the moment? Well, we have Rashad Penny, and then... A little bit of a gap here <laughs> to players that we actually like. To add Gasicki Gronkowski in there. What are your thoughts on Gronk? He's been playing a little bit close to the vest, but it seems like he will return. You don't want to torpedo really any of your teams, right? I mean, you're paying for these teams. You need to build out this portfolio that is so dynamic all the way across that you're going to come out ahead. You don't want to have a bunch of shares of someone who retires, but Gronkowski's 
price, it just it's very it's very hard to avoid him because the upside there, especially when we think about having Tom Brady as our quarterback and the way that those two guys could work. I mean, this is a team where Mike Evans, very expensive. We could see how that plays out. And yet I have a hard time with the ultimate ceiling for him there, even in a case where Russell Gage is a good, but not great player. Godwin likely to have a little bit of trouble making an early season impact you think about the end of the season in any given game i mean gronkowski can go off for three touchdowns now he does get selected our queue gets wiped out to an extent we could take a jarvis landry here Colin, the top guy that i have now as those last players go are isaiah spiller spiller and michael carter are interesting running back selections at this point yeah the other player i would toss in there maybe is a jameson Crowder. but if you want to take one off the the running backs i'd probably be leaning there to michael carter at, at that point so we get michael carter with one second on the clock i i did have spiller loaded up ready to go but carter is someone who even though he's going a couple picks later i do have ranked higher as well we'll put jamison crowder and jarvis landry into the queue here unfortunately i think not to be able to get gronkowski there the other player who went off somewhat to our dismay was albert o Irv smith cole Komet. those are the guys who will be the next tight ends in this range it's a little bit above adp for them but certainly would be fine to take them here if we don't take them they're not going to make it back so spiller crowder landry i i'm going to take a risk here sean i think we should go crowder and just see what happens with the the tight end position here it is a bit of a risk but i think you know and I was thinking this, like, I understand when we're talking about Gronkowski and how he's done. I also was going to touch on this earlier when I seen that Chris Godwin was drafted. His recovery time makes it likely that he's going to miss the start of the season. And that would help, obviously, Gronkowski there potentially be the second target in this offense. But you hadn't mentioned him at the time, and I don't know if that was in the hope that he would still be there. But Albert uh, O was the player that I was hoping that maybe would have got this there, but he did go about six picks before that with Mike Gusecki. So at the start of that round, it was looking like we had potentially three tight end options, but then obviously things slipped away a little bit on us from that point moving forward. But um, just for people listening in who aren't watching in, we do have basically the last couple of rounds of Tyler Boyd. We took Melvin Gordon, Chase Edmonds goes off the board, Kadarius Tony, McCall Hardman, James Cook. But then when we get into that 11th round with Kenny Galladay, Jameson Williams, Mike Kosicki, I mentioned, Albert O, Rashad Penny, who Sean had talked about, Kirk Cousins, Jacoby Myers, Gronk was off the board, Tim Patrick, uh, Michael Carter, Justin Fields, Deshaun Watson, then back to us with Crowder, Van Jefferson, Tyler Algier, who again is is very intriguing, and Devontae Parker and Isaiah Spiller. And the the reason, Sean, I split that decision on, on Michael Carter, we've talked about this a few times about kind of diversifying across drafts, I have, I think, in a high percentage of my drafts this year, I, I have drafted uh, Isaiah Spiller, so I just changed that out. And I also have drafted a lot of Brees Hall, so Michael Carter there, just a little bit of a differentiation off that. So Herb Smith does go to the same team, Sean, who drafted Albert Okuabunum, but we are going to be saved by the one, the only, Gerald Everett when it, it comes back to it. <laughs> we are. We are. And you mentioned the Spiller selections. We actually selected Spiller on our last live draft that we did for the pod. So we do have some just in our portfolio together even. 
Darrell Henderson goes off the board with the last pick of the 12th round. We are now into the 13th round, so we're getting into those closing stages, but these are the stages that I truly believe that you can really slip up uh, and, and, and just sink that team. Everything can be good through those early portions. And hopefully, Sean, this is an area where we have been drafting, we have been doing our podcast, obviously, we've been covering a lot of these players, and we should hopefully have a little bit of a, an edge when we are drafting these teams in terms of structure so far do you want to give the listeners a run through of where we are at in terms of positions we have the two quarterbacks obviously we have one tight end where are we sitting at the moment with running backs and wide receivers well first of all colin we're not going to slip up because kj hamler is available and you can always make that your emergency pick no we have two qbs we have the four running backs now we have five wide receivers and one tight end a lot of flexibility as we go down the stretch, Noah Fant, Gerald Everett, Evan Ingram, the tight ends we currently have as potential options in the queue, DJ Chark, David Bell, Jalen Tolbert, who would fit with Dak Prescott, top wide receivers, Kenneth Gainwell, the top running back, Tyrion Davis-Price, another person we'd be looking at at this area. What are you hoping happens as we move into the second half of round 13? I was hoping we were going to get Jalen Tolbert, but he went off the clock with that last pick. So that, that's not going to happen, but um, it would be nice to try and maybe sprinkle in as we finish out this draft, maybe some of those wide receivers that would be available to pair in with Tom Brady or with Dak Prescott. And that would have been another element that would have been nice with Gronkowski, obviously, to pair him with Brady if he hadn't lasted to get through. But you mentioned the the formula there we have at the moment at running backs and at wide receivers. Do you think, I think at this point, when, if we do get, you know, Everett maybe, um, I think we might be looking at a three tight end build. We're, we're sticking with the two quarterbacks, obviously. I think we're set there. But how do you feel at running back and, and wide receiver for where we should be splitting those resources? And then I think it feels to me like a, a three tight end build. What are you thinking? Well, if we get Noah Fant here, then we should be set, right? We have Darren Waller, Fant, someone who should be going about five rounds earlier. It's either going to be Geno Smith, who is fine, a mild upgrade over what Fant has had to deal with in the past, or a Baker Mayfield dropping in. And Colin, you and I have had our own sort of mixed experience there with Baker Mayfield, but he would create an environment almost certainly where Fant would score some points he does make it to this pick. Did you have anybody else that you feel like we have to take over him? No, I think that's a that's a nice pick here. I think Everett's a, a later selection if we were going to do it. But in that round, Komet went off the board at tight end. Then we had Hunter Henry, KJ Osborne, DJ Chark, Alec Pierce. Then Tyler Higby went off the board and we got Fant. And it feels like that's just a, a massive change in ADP. Like you think back to when we were drafting in the FFPC way too early drafts, you know, we, we were getting Albert O in the, the 18th, 19th, 20th round, and Noah Fant was going in the 8th, 9th round. I know we're over on a you know, a different platform. It's not tight end premium, but when we go by actual positional ADP and where they're going, like Fant has just fallen off the face of the earth. Um, he's still going to get work in that offense, and I think he's a nice play there. I, when you said about the, the, the experience with Baker Mayfield, I thought you were going to say the experience with Noah Fant because uh, we've had those as well, even though he came through clutch for us when we came second in that FFPC best ball tournament last year, he really came true in that final week. But we're back on the clock. Sean, what are the options here as Everett did go off to the, the team in 12th? Well, Damian Pierce has fallen a couple of rounds below ADP. Do you have any interest in him or do you want to go with Kenneth Gainwell? 
I'm I'm intrigued by Gainwell unless you want to go Pierce. I think we're getting more value with Pierce, but I think Gainwell is fascinating. And we did tease him a little bit on that show on Thursday as a, a potential uh, candidate for you know the zero RB kind of watch list. But when we you know you and Ben did a, a lot of conversation around him a couple of weeks ago, and I really enjoyed listening into that. And I think that he really had a very solid start to the season, a very solid end to the season and disappeared in the middle of the season. Um, so I think heading in, you know, as a, as a young running back this season, I think I have a lot of question marks around Miles Sanders. Um, obviously having a Russian quarterback sometimes doesn't help those running backs, but um, yeah, Gainwell's interesting at that point. A little disappointing that Everett did go, but I think he was always going to, potentially go before we got our next pick had you any hopes of him lasting through for us um you know and when you look back now Fant versus Everett are you confident that that Fant is the the guy to own there the other player that did go off the board after that Fant pick was David Bell who I think when you're getting into this range is a a really good valuable pick David Bell is the player that I wanted and so (laughs) it was frustrating to see him go off he would have been the perfect mix in player with the wide receivers that we already have we drafted a lot of wide receivers early but we've avoided the position more or less for a long time so we do need to add at that spot as we go down the stretch run of the draft here we're really looking at kj hamler i think and robbie anderson as the next most interesting wide receivers you talk about those tight ends and it very much is the case where you have this huge contrast where on the one side with fant we have fairly well established certainly athleticism, but also production. The way that he produced in an offense that was so terrible, I mean, he's in a, a far above average starting tight end. On the other hand, you have Gerald Everett, who was put in some positions to succeed, struggled, but also stayed in there just enough to kind of keep that enthusiasm in the back of our minds, to keep the window open that he might finally break out, be one of these guys who breaks out a little bit later, and he's in the fantastic situation. So, the risks are very different. The upside, I think, is the same in that either one of them could really emerge as a league winner this season. I think that we made the bet on the more definitively talented player, and you're not going to go wrong that often when you do that. I would have liked to have gotten Everett at the big discount that you sometimes see. The other player here who was interesting, and granted, we're in round 15 now, so I'll scroll down a little bit on our board, but... Evan Ingram also selected there. He would have been really the last guy. So I think that we're set with the two tight end build. That's really what we wanted to do when we take that elite tight end anyway. KJ Hamler, Robbie Anderson. Anderson does go. We're 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 on we're on KJ Hamler. Watch here. We are six picks out. My heart is going to get shattered here in a couple of picks time. I can feel it building up, Sean. But KJ Hamler here is the the dream selection, I think, if, if he gets to us at that point. The other player that we did draft that is still available we drafted recently is wendell robinson i think that he would be another player that would be interesting there and if if both of them did happen to go then i think i might be getting back down to to my old buddy lavisca chanel (laughs) but uh we'll see if it plays out we have lasted three picks without it being kj hamler uh hamler the clear pick here for you and i i know i'm saying that to sean siegel who hamler is always the clear pick for but at this point is he the, the clear pick Hamler is the clear pick. He's not going to make it. So we need to have a contingency ready. I think Wandale is the other guy who is just an absolute smash here. The 
final player that kind of gets into the mix, I think, would be a Julio Jones. Colin, we're not really hearing anything about him, but as soon as he does sign, I mean, we talked about the situation with Gronkowski. Does he retire? I mean, is Julio getting such poor contract offers, such little interest that he retires? Have some Gronkowski John were that. one pick away, and KJ Hamler didn't. He hasn't gone, and he didn't go. We have, uh, we have, we have the option. So I love that is... you that you put out into the to say that there, there's no chance. I said I hope he gets here. You say no, nah, no chance, no chance. So we are set. We will take KJ Hamler. And now we have this sort of nervous couple pick uh, section where we're really hoping that Wandale makes it through. Now his ADP is a little bit lower, but I mean, it's Wandale Robinson. It shouldn't be lower. Yeah, I think uh, like if we get both of them back to back here, it's a a really, it's a really nice two round stretch through 15 and 16. So we'll see how it plays out as the team at the 12th spot have their two picks but you mentioned julio there i think it's interesting i think he's he's dead oh, wendell goes in the next pick so that doesn't happen julio is definitely going to have a, a jump in adp um when he signs somewhere but i'm wondering how much is left in the tank for julio but it feels to me like he is only going to sign with a team who you know are, are in a good position to try and win games and they're going to use him as an extra piece in the offense so i think if he does sign somewhere you know i, I still have a slight feeling that he potentially could end up you know in green bay but i don't think that's gonna happen he goes off the clock it doesn't matter sean just everyone can ignore that little bit of conversation that i had there so who are our options here is our we, we got kj hamler but everything went wrong at that point but you are saying that he's going to go to the green bay packers that is a a fun prediction it does seem like they could still use him colin why don't we take the the well Let's take Levis all and just see where. Oh yes, oh, things everything's right with the world again. Everything is everything's right. That it's all been fixed. So the other pick, which probably is a better pick, but in some ways feels like you could get a just a huge range in terms of where he might go, especially considering Jalen Tolbert has generated some good buzz early. But I think James Washington has the potential to emerge there as a viable weapon in the dallas cowboys offense i'm not sure that he's actually that much worse than a michael gallup he was buried behind some very good players in pittsburgh and had not particularly strong quarterback play which was something all of the pittsburgh receivers wide receivers have been dealing with you go to dak prescott it's especially intriguing here toward the end where we have prescott and if (laughs) the season were to transpire in such a way that washington did emerge and the prescott washington connection was in full flight as we went into the tournament portion you would like to have that as opposed to lavisca lavisca the guy who could still end up as the wide receiver one in his offense christian kirk undervalued a good player but the overpaid well (laughs) overpaid is is an understatement it is a situation where can you be undervalued and overpaid is that possible well christian kirk be like you can and i am and it's it's not a bad lifestyle really the overpaid part is is the key for me yeah i he definitely fits into that conversation so now we're back and we have the seven wide receivers we're still at five running backs we look a little bit here to see if there are some options late now marlon mack could be the starter for the houston texans that might not matter very much raheem mostert 
still there with the Dolphins. We've seen what he can do on an individual game basis. It sounds like he's not healthy, which one of the reasons why he's still available at this point. I don't know. Even with the upside, if we want to draft injured wide receivers, Keontae Ingram is still there. Obviously, we had the big discussion on stealing bananas about whether or not that was the direction that we wanted to go with Arizona still. And Colin, it's probably more interesting once we get down to Deontay Foreman and Hassan Haskins, some pretty clear backups in that stretch. Gerald Williams is still there. If you want to go in that direction, I like Sony Michelle. I think that he's probably the guy who has some real upside with the Miami Dolphins, a player they added in recently when they weren't that happy with the way things were going, or just because they're adding in another potentially above average player. I mean, Sony Michelle, not a star, not an elite player, but you get a guy in there who can be your third or fourth back who has some ability and that part of it is going to be encouraging. So James Washington and Romeo Dubs, the top wide receivers on our queue. I did add Justin Ross for fun there at the bottom. Brian Robinson, Marlon Mack, Deontay Foreman, Hassan Haskins, Sonny Michelle. Those are probably the running backs. If Washington gets to this point and we took the running back in round one as the foundation piece, I'd be okay with taking another wide receiver. Otherwise, two running backs are probably the way to go here. What direction are you leaning, Colin? I think for the overall upside of it, I think if Washington did make it back, because he was somebody we talked about at the last pick, and Sony Michelle did go off the board in the last pick since I started talking. So I think on that to get the stack would be interesting as Jamal Williams goes. There's one more pick here. I would lean Washington if that does come true, and then I would go running back with the pick coming back. Justin Ross actually does go off the board, Sean. You mentioned adding him to the queue. I think Washington here is a quite a high upside pick okay so we take washington and we now need a runner the running back position does still have some interesting guys mac robinson a jd mckissick is not completely out of the question who do you like for our final pick of the draft yeah mckissick is somebody i always like but i just think there's it's gonna be crowded there this this season i don't think it's gonna to work out i think mac is not the sexy pick but I think that he may be the pick. Um, is he where you would lean, or would you have a different preference? I think he could go with Mac here. It does have that little bit of upside of winning the starting job. He's back into the situation now where he's actually far enough removed from the Achilles injury. It should he be, be helping his, Yeah, he could be getting his explosiveness back. So I think we'll go with him. Not a lot of risk, a lot of upside with the very final pick. He rounds out that running back position nicely, and I do like where we are there with Harris, Singletary, Gordon, Carter, Gainwell, and Mack. A lot of those guys have the ability to add a lot of value as the season goes along. That's what we're really looking for, potential second half of the season breakouts. Colin, wrap this up for us. How do you like our overall roster as we head into the final picks of the draft? Yeah, I, I really like it. This is We've done a couple of these drafts, and I, I've done a few um, with Zachary Kruger as well. I think this might be my favorite draft so far. It's actually the latest spot I've had in the draft. Um, and at the start, there was a couple of selections that I would like maybe to have slightly different. But I think as the draft has played out, we've got a lot of our favorite targets in those mid to late rounds. I mentioned, I think, around 12 or 13, round 12 or 13, that 
know, this is where it gets really interesting. And I think if you look through the players that we talked about quite often around ahead of when we actually took them, uh, we got some really nice pieces, some of our key targets, some of our favorite players. So um, I think this is a fun team. Um, hopefully it's a team that can uh, can make a little bit of a chase after some money. I agree. And we might have wanted to go back and take in Trey Lance instead of Tom Brady. But there is some value if we get down to the very end and we're into the last week and you have Prescott, you have Brady, you don't have them stacked up, that they could score some points in a way that then actually makes your team different. That was what we had happen last year in the FFPC best ball tournament where we went down and we were one of the sort of three teams that were pulled to the finish by Joe Burrow. We were able to get over one of the Jamar Chase teams, unfortunately for us, but fortunately for Connor, not able to get over the final one. But right there, you know, maybe a, an extra catch or two away at any given juncture there on Monday night. I like those two quarterbacks, even though that's the way that it worked out. Just so much floor and upside. When I keep looking at this roster, I think to myself, the floor is just so, so high. And that is valuable as we go through these early weeks. We try and make the tournament in the first place. In order to win it, you have to make it. But then the upside that is embedded in these second-year wide receivers, that's embedded in the zero RB candidates that we took, the upside that you have with a potential star running back in Najee Harris the upside that you have with that elite tight end in Darren Waller the two elements of the build there I think work very nicely and we got some nice values as we went through the draft as well so in terms of the exact players I don't think I would look back at this draft and say well I got all of my favorites although it's always fun to take Hamler and Chenault late but from a big picture perspective this draft went very nicely the structure fantastic yeah and i think the you know i mentioned it kind of when we were going through it, that 2v2 selection for the waller versus hawkinson and uh, deontay johnson versus i believe we took elijah moore at that juncture like you know something like that i think probably to make it the perfect team that i would have ideally done we'd probably swap that back but i think you know we're here drafting this team in may i think things could uh things could look a lot different and uh, you know you never know how those are going to play out and we'll do enough drafts that those things are going to happen and um i'm i'm really excited about the the team as a whole sean you did get me to go with harris over cd lamb but you know based on how the structure has turned out here and how we have built this roster i think that it's uh it's really really nice so i'm, I'm really pleased with how the team has played out interesting um to see how some of the other rosters are built as well but overall um, i think we're in a a good place hopefully we can be the team that advances from this 12 team league and and see how it goes then but that is going to wrap us up here today and um, if you are listening in you want to get involved in an underdog league you haven't signed up yet you can use the code rotoviz it will give you a 100 sign up bonus up to 100 they will match if you put in 100 they will match with 100 200 set up in your account to start off and anything less than 100 they will match that by that amount as well obviously so doubling up the money you do deposit We'll have lots more drafts coming lots more leagues happening lots of good content coming your way we did talk about it on the show but if you haven't checked out kind of a, an early preview to our zero rb candidates and we did draft a couple of them on today's show so you can hear our extra reasoning behind why we did that and sean touched on the show that we did on structure that came out on tuesday definitely check that out i think it'll really you know buoy in those drafts when you're wondering about structure and how to how to keep in there and, and get that perfect setup for your team. 
As always, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass. You can do that over at rotoviz.com with the promo code RVRadio2022. And the last thing to mention is you may have heard on the show today that this here was also done as a live video up on YouTube. You can check that out over on the Rotoviz YouTube channel. We are closing in on 1,000 subscribers. I'm starting to set the goal that maybe by the end of next week that we may hit that we are at 970-ish at the time of recording. So if you haven't already, head on over, click that subscribe button. We would really appreciate that as well. That's going to take us to the end of today's show. Until we're back with another podcast, my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at OverTimeIreland. My co-host is Sean Siegel. You can check out all of Sean's work up on rotaviz.com. And until we're back very soon, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.